Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Welcome to the Side Action, episode 95, episode 26 of season three. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And this is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast section pod on Twitter and then also on YouTube. So, Action, what's going on besides the COVID hair? This guy's got some serious COVID hair, America, if you're watching on YouTube. It's yeah. coming in real nice. It is. I, uh, still staying away from the barbers here, but we did travel to Florida, and I found out right. that long hair is very hot in the Florida sun. So. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, it is. You should have known. You should have known, but I'm sure you were looking good, rocking. You've got the, the beard going too, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really gonna get a little, little, little ears lowered, as they say, before we go to Vegas. So I'm getting ready, getting a little shaggy, but um, it's all good. It's all good. So I mean, and how was Florida? It was fantastic. The weather turned really nice the day before we arrived, and it was upper 70s to low 80s and sunny. Every day we're there. Long weekend. Nice getaway. We hit the beach for a couple of afternoons and went on a boat ride down the intercoastal near Siesta Key. So it was a fantastic trip. How was your weekend? Well, it was a beautiful weekend here in Chicago. Saturday Saturday was very nice. Probably around 50-ish. Very nice. I uh, hung out with Prime. Nice. We had uh, Artemis Prime. He actually made it out of the the office and he, he showed up in the Four Shadows with me. I ended up having kind of a wild night Saturday. Went to Louis Pub for some karaoke. You know, they've 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 gone forty percent capacity. I read. I'm pretty sure Louis was a little higher than that. Uh, but had a great time. You know, as you know, my friend is supposedly going off to uh, Kenya at some point. Kind of a little going away thing for her, and we had a good time busting out some tunes. Hit some kryptonite. I'm not a. I wasn't a huge fan of the song, but I I, I you know rose to the occasion and. Uh, <laughs> Made it made it happen. So a couple of late nights last week, including Thursday, actually, post-podcast, I was up till, I think, 3 a.m. on? No, yeah, 3 a.m. on, on t- Thursday night and about 4 a.m. On, on Saturday night. That's what happens when I wow. uh, when I have fun with their friends. So, um, yeah, I was pretty much toast on Sunday. But, uh, hey, we'll talk about this in a minute. We destroyed college basketball. It was so exciting to see all of our picks coming in for the most part yeah it's funny how so it was exciting so you don't watch at least in my case you tend to win more so <laughs> it seems a little backwards but that's all right we'll take it anyway they come well let's talk about hoops college hoops and it's a smaller slate this week except well smaller and larger in some ways smaller main slate a lot of conference games conference tournament games so let's jump into the action index first, and I don't know if there's anything exciting on this. I didn't get to review in detail, but I can see the top dogs are still up there, despite you know we'll talk about this in a minute. You know Baylor, Baylor did lose, uh, but Michigan lost. But I see Illinois jump Michigan, which kind of makes sense. They they beat them down the other night. Yeah, beat them handily. Actually, I ran this earlier in the week, and I think it mm-hmm. was on Tuesday morning before that game, and okay. um, Michigan was ahead of Baylor. Uh, in the mm. second spot, and then today I ran it again with the latest data, and of course they dropped after the very poor performance against Illinois on Tuesday night, even without Io. Right. I know, I know they've won a couple games with Io. I- 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 He's a Simeon guy from Chicago. 
So that's that goes well for them. I also see Houston is really right there with those big boys in the top. You know, you got Gonzaga, as we've talked about before, they're at like 30.79 in the action index. And then you have a jump down to the 24, 23 range. And you've got that kind of glutted teams with Baylor, Illinois, Michigan, and Houston. So Houston's not one of those teams I'm kind of excited about, but they're getting a little too much pub for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, their offense doesn't really stack up with some of these teams near the top, but they do play some pretty serious defense, which is always a good recipe in March. And, um, you know, the other thing that we haven't really touched on, and I was texting with a buddy over the weekend, is Gonzaga's chances in the NCAA tournament. I mean, these numbers blow you away, clearly. Six points better than the number two plays team. And I think even Ken Palm has him up there. But the question is really who have they played and whether or not they're ready for six tough games in March. Right. We kind of talked about this at the bar. I talked to one of the guys. He may meet us in Vegas. His name is Mike, uh, uh, Men of the Four Shadows. But he, you know, he took a bet where it was basically, you know, I think it was Baylor, Baylor and the Zags and everybody else. But I was kind of thinking more, which of those two teams is going to fall off? And before the Illinois game, I thought, well, I'd rather take Michigan and Baylor than the Zags, mm-hmm. just because the Zags have never done it. Neither is Baylor. But um, the Zags have never done it, and they've been in this spot before. And then, on the like you said, the, the, the schedule, you look at these teams, but say it's Houston. I mean, almost all these teams are playing in tougher conferences, and Zags haven't played for two months, so we'll see. They play, they'll play; they play BYU likely next week, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. But other than that, they haven't played anybody since probably mid early December maybe. Yeah, I think Iowa was the last real opponent that they had, mm-hmm. based on my recollection. Right. So it'll be interesting. I'm certainly going to be looking to fade them in my brackets and otherwise. Yeah. And I did see that prop posted too. I think some books were posting the field versus Baylor and Gonzaga mm-hmm. at like minus 150. Right. I had right. considered laying that price to take the field against those two. I mean, it seems to make sense, right? So you got a better chance. I see that you extended this to 15 teams, and, oh, what do you see? Number 14, <laughs> Purdue, is in the list. I wonder if that's why I went down to 15. I think so. Yeah, you caught me red-handed. <laughs> I was dragging the little mouse, and it, I saw Purdue there, and I was pleasantly surprised. But this team has been playing fantastic lately, and... Just the other night, Trevion Williams got into some foul trouble against Wisconsin. And Zach Eady, the big freshman out of Toronto, stepped up and played a dominant game against the Badgers. You would think that without Williams on the floor that the Badgers may have had a little bit of advantage against them. But Eady just just destroyed them. It was great to see. Right. Well, they've been red hot covering at a record clip. It'll be in my notes later, one of the games. So, And then the other game I just wanted to highlight was you know Loyola played the Salukis back-to-back games and didn't cover either game, by the way. We were watching the game at the bar because I know that Ridgeway was watching it. And, I mean, they probably may, maybe should have lost. I mean, Southern had a really good shot to beat them. Now, the little aside is for anybody who knows me and listens to us before, the kid who played great for the Salukis, uh, he, he's an Evanston kid. Yeah. You know, he's their guy. And, uh, you know, Lance Jones, he played in our league that we used to coach in against us, unfortunately, but he's a hell of a player, and he played. He had 30 points. He was lighting it up, uh, and they only scored 58 in regulation. He had 30 points or something at that stage. So, uh, anyway, Loyola, as much as I love them, and they're 13th in your rankings, are very high in Ken Palm, I'm worried about them scoring because they definitely can't score in the last three minutes of games, it seems like, lately. But I digress. Yeah. Um, let's, <laughs> well, let's talk about I just wanted to kind of cover, like, last week, 
more informationally about all these conference tournaments. I kind of missed one last week because it stepped up. It was supposed to be played on the 10th of, of March, but actually started technically last night, and that's the Atlantic 10. Uh, they started their current tournament a week early uh, because of COVID concerns, I guess. Hmm. Um, but a slew of conference tournaments starting this week, as early as tomorrow. We're taping, of course, today, um, March 4th on Thursday. Uh, I know you love the SOCON. SOCON's playing tomorrow, starting up tomorrow on March 5th, as is the Sun Belt. On Saturday, you start the Colonial, uh, the CAA. Uh, any, the NEC also starts on Saturday, as well as the Summit League. And then Sunday, you have the MEAC. I know you love the MEAC. I I'm surprised you haven't pulled a MEAC game out uh, so far this I gotta year. i got to be honest. And I can't then, tell you who's in that league. <laughs> <laughs> it's a traditionally, you know, African-American schools uh, like the HSBCs, right? Uh, or H, HBCUs, I'm sorry, H, HBCUs, historically black colleges. Um, so, um, you know, that, that's a lot of those teams. And then a lot of the big boys start. So Big Sky starts on Monday on the 8th. And then some of the big boys, ACC starts on Tuesday, the 9th, as does your Big West uh, on the 9th. And then Conference USA as well on Tuesday. And then the huge guys start up. Big 12, Big East, Big 10, SEC, and then, of course, we'll mix in a few others. The WAC, Southland, SWAC. Um, they all start on the um, on Wednesday, the 10th. And then the Mountain West is also on the 10th. And then the MAC and the AAC start a little later on Thursday, the 11th. So a lot of conference attorney action here, uh, action. So... Are you excited about it? I am, yeah. I'm a little bit anxious because uh, it's now in this work-from-home environment. I have a nice TV here in my office, and it's probably going to be hard to focus <laughs> on real work the next week or so with all these games on. Just kidding. But uh, yeah. not really. They're not listening. They're not listening. <laughs> at the it, it is, uh, it's going to yeah, be a wild good. week with basketball on night and day, seemingly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's go over last week's picks. I already kind of tooted our own horn a little bit. If you go over all of our picks, uh, we actually went nine and two, um, which is incredible. And if you we didn't get the number for West Virginia, if we got the plus six, we would have covered. Right. But um, I mean, these games, I mean, Michigan came through against Iowa, uh, South San Diego State beat Boise and covered at the minus six. The ones we didn't make, UC Riverside, your big West Darling lost to the, the first place Gauchos on Friday, mm -hmm. um, and they obviously covered that plus four. I think it was less than that. Yeah, though, right? I think they yeah. actually lost by four, but you graded it correctly because the number was, uh, I think it opened at three and closed at like two or two and a half. So it was definitely a loss for right. me personally. Right. Your 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 Hoosiers did not come through against Michigan. They were on our card there. They they covered the five against Indiana and then Kansas. This was the big one. Kansas took out Baylor. I know you didn't want to follow me on this one. I was super excited about it. And this Kansas team, they kind of beat up Baylor pretty bad in that game. I mean, they won, you know, going away more or less. So they covered. It wasn't even plus six. I think I think the number was closer to yes, four. Yes, correct. Maybe? That's correct. So it was plus four, but they, you know, obviously won outright at home. And they won, you know, obviously Baylor has some issues, but they, you know, we'll talk about them in a second. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, Iowa, great pick on mm. Sunday. I was a little um, leery about that one, but they came out. I mean, you could tell based on the line movement in that one, I think it went from like four and a half down to two by game time on Sunday. And that told me everything mm -hmm. I needed to know about the right side in that one. And sure enough, Garza right. came out and dominated in the first half. 
He did, and then your under pick did hit mm-hmm. there. Good job, action. We talked about that last week. Uh, but this was the one that we didn't. Okay, technically, I graded it as a as a loss, but this was one of the another great games of the year. West Virginia is playing in all these great games. They hosted Baylor, went to overtime. We're within the four. It was plus four or four and a half, depends on you know who where you close which shop. And they end up getting this tough beat, some kind of questionable calls there down the stretch. But you know Baylor ends up winning by five points in overtime. So the Mountaineers didn't cover, but they. They did what I expected them to do. Yeah, I was. This one caught me off guard. The early start, specifically, I turned it on about halftime and did catch the second half. And I got to say, West Virginia should have won that game going away. They right. had some boneheaded plays and they couldn't really get Culver going at all. I think he finished with eight points, which was very surprising to see that in the box score. Right. Well, the thing in these two games, in the Baylor games, uh, both against Kansas and West Virginia, and, and you see it in Ken Palm. Their defense isn't quite the same right now. They're not as connected as they were prior to, whereas Michigan, when they came back from COVID, they've been playing great defense except against Illinois. Uh, and so you see them drop to, like, I think they're 21st now in the defensive efficiency numbers, which when they were they were in the top five or top ten just you know, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. There's Illinois. I, I talked about them. I know it was a little bit of a homer pick on my point, my part, but – they came out guns a-blazing without I.O. And, and really just took it to Michigan. This wasn't a game at all. I mean, they were down by 20 right from the jump. And I'm not exactly sure uh, what happened, but Michigan struggled to score against this Illinois team. Yeah, uh, just a, a no-show by the Wolverines. I think that's really the only way to describe it. I was interested in watching that Coburn versus Dickinson matchup, and Kofi Coburn put it on Hunter Dickinson the other night. That was a great performance right. by him and the Illini. Well, I wonder because obviously they've had a compressed schedule. Mm. You know, they maybe they've had to play so many games to make up those lost games. Maybe this was just kind of the third, kind of like a in the NBA, like a back-to-back situation. They played on Thursday. They played on, was it Saturday yeah. when they played Indiana? Yeah, or Saturday. Saturday. And then they're going back on Tuesday. So maybe look for that. Obviously, you know, the end. The tournament is coming, the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, and currently playing on Thursday against Michigan State. So incredible <laughs> schedule for these kids. Yeah, they're just getting crushed. Uh, your Purdue, you know, your boiler up. They obviously took out Wisconsin, you know, rather easily in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were one-point favorite, and they covered easily. And then the last one was last night. Super excited about it, not excited about the result on the injury. But uh, Villanova came out kind of what I expected. They, they kind of flexed their muscles in the Big East. They won now. I think the Big East every single time in this new Big East, they were a four-point favorite going in, and I, I mean, they won. They were crushing Creighton all game. I mean, it was one of those things that I think their defense actually stepped up for once, and that's something we could talk about maybe more in the tournament preview. But your guy uh, Connor Gillespie, he went out. I don't know if it was an ankle. Was that was the issue? I read knee injury, and I didn't see the interview, right. but I've been reading all over Twitter that. Uh, coach after the game during the interview said that it was a serious knee injury so that leads me to think is probably an acl if they had the news that quickly they did the test as you and i both know very well and i'm sure it's likely to be an acl and he'll be out for the tournament gotcha gotcha that's kind of a bummer but uh you know they were playing great and they did get us another cover so good good job action we did Mm -hmm. it we did it we had a great another great week yeah and, uh, you know, to, to tail on that, I think the pick, I was going to be looking for Connecticut anyways to win this tournament. And now with the injury to Colin Gillespie, I think that Connecticut is a great pick 
at plus 400 uh, bet it right. earlier today. I think it was DraftKings or FanDuel. FanDuel had the plus 400. And really the only other competitor in my mind without Gillespie is going to be Creighton. And uh, I gotcha. think with James Book Knight back in the lineup for Connecticut, they're going to be really hard to beat in this Big East tournament. And they're playing great ball right now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what I would say is that I watched UConn last night. I watched them play Seton Hall mm-hmm. and they looked really good. Um you know, so I think you're right. They have an, a player. Did you say this guy's name? Boatwright? Uh, Boatwright. Book, book night. Boat night. Um, he was really good, and I guess they've played differently since he come back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're a team to watch both in that tournament and in the dance. So. So anyway, let's go over some games of interest here. Uh, obviously, this week it's a limited slate. I wasn't sure if you had any Friday night action because, oh, okay, afternoon. You got some. You got some Friday afternoon action. That's right. It does count. <laughs> it does count action. Of course it yeah, does. Yeah, you know I had to find something. And uh, a lot of these games tomorrow, um, not a lot, but lo- most of them are um, – tournament games and i did see that massachusetts put a pretty good whip in on st joseph's today and tomorrow they're going to be going into the quarterfinals i'm guessing of the a10 tournament against st louis and st louis is a team that i've been eyeballing quite a bit since they returned from their own COVID break and tomorrow i'm going to be playing the billikens minus six against massachusetts just the other night on monday they beat the same umass team by 21 points and uh, right. although this is not an actual spread yet, I just took that projection from Ken Palm. If it opens anywhere near six, I'm going to lay it with the Billikens. Okay. Yeah, they haven't been playing well. We talked about their up and down season, but UMass isn't that good. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say. I would be wary of them against other teams in the A-10. Um, but, but yeah, maybe in that game I can go with you. You also have a Looks like uh, it's not used to be Arch Madness. Now it's the Missouri Valley. I don't know what they're playing it this year. Uh, looks like you got another game, Indiana State against Evansville. Yeah, uh, you're spot on. It is under the arch in St. Louis again this season um, at the arena there downtown. So neutral court venue, as well as the last game, uh, the A-10 tournament's being played in Virginia. So neutral court in that one as okay. well. But I'm going to be looking to back Indiana State and the trees as my dad's buddy likes to call them. Uh, the trees, the sycamores. Yep. The trees are, are laying five tomorrow. This is an actual spread. And Indiana State just recently dusted off Evansville twice. They're 2-0 and straight up and against the spread versus the Purple Aces. And those mm-hmm. were in different venues. They played a home and away, which was a little bit different for the NBC this season. And they won by six on the road at Evansville and then just pasted Evansville by 14 at home. So laying five tomorrow in the tournament. This is another afternoon game. I like the trees in Indiana State. <laughs> the trees against the Aces. I gotcha. Can't really speak to this game action. Uh, I haven't paid attention to either of these teams, so I will trust you uh, with the trees here. Minus five. Now these teams are just the at the lower end of the tourney, and this is mm-hmm. you know we'll see if they can upset some of the big boys. Evansville did beat uh, Loyola early this year, right? Um, I. Don't recall that one. I think they lost two games. They might have covered against Loyola, but I don't think they beat them. Oh, okay. Maybe it was – did they maybe, – maybe it was a different year that they beat Kentucky. 
Didn't Evansville beat a good team? They, I thought they beat a good team. Maybe I'm yeah, wrong, so. it was a couple of years back, I believe, uh, with the former coach who was ousted sometime after that for nefarious acts with. Right, Goetz. right, right. Well, anyway, let's go on to some big games, and I, you know, obviously, I was already cued into your mindset. Um, you know, Purdue is playing some great basketball. I mean, they, I've said they're quietly, quietly destroying the Big Ten. Uh, they're up to 14, Ken Palm, and obviously in your, your standing. They've covered six of the last seven, and they're playing Indiana, who's going the other way. Now, Indiana really, I think, has got to win some games to get in the tournament. Uh, they play Saturday at 1 p.m. Central. Do you, can you get behind me with Purdue? Yeah, I think that this is a good pick. Laying six certainly seems about right for these two teams. And, I mean, you mentioned it. Indiana is just going downward and going downward very quickly. I think that they have lost probably and nearly the same amount. Six of the last seven seems about right for them as well. And more importantly, they have not been able to beat Purdue in the last several seasons. I think they've lost um, four in a row against Purdue, and Archie Miller has failed to cover against Purdue in every time out in his career. So I think you're spot on here with the Boilers. I gotcha. Exciting. We're on the same side. Okay, so this is uh, West Virginia against Oklahoma State on Saturday. Again, 1 o'clock Central. You know, I love the Mountaineers. I mean, this is, uh, you know, I love Huggins and, and all that stuff. But Oklahoma State has been balling, so I'm a little bit scared of them. I still would go West Virginia at home, minus the five, but curious to hear what you have to say. I'm going to be looking on the other side of this one. Cade Cunningham, the superstar freshman, is the presumed number one pick in the NBA draft this year. And it's for good reason. He has been playing absolutely lights out lately. He went off the other night against Oklahoma. And I think that he is going to be tough for this West Virginia defense to cover in this game. Okay. It's not your standard Mountaineer defense. And I expect Cunningham will be able to keep it close. Okay. So five is probably too big for you for West Virginia to go on the Oklahoma State mm-hmm. side. Okay, another one of these big, amazing matchups in the Big Ten that happen every week, every day, it seems like. Illinois is going to Ohio State. This is Saturday at 3 o'clock Central. I mean, Illinois, obviously, I've been all over them. Uh, It was a big win on the road at Michigan. I don't love it. Obviously, they're showing Illinois as a one-point favorite at Ohio State, so maybe I wouldn't like that. I thought they'd be an underdog. If Io plays, I'm definitely on it. Don't feel great if he doesn't, but what do you think about Kofi? Uh, Coburn against um, EJ Liddell. Yeah, I like Illinois in this spot too, going on the road against Ohio State. Certainly seems like Ohio State is going to have the motivation after a couple of down games. They'll uh, be looking to bounce back in this one. But regardless, IO in or IO out, I think Illinois is a strong play here. Coburn on the inside is going to be tough for those Buckeyes to slow down. Right, right. Gotcha. This next game is a little bit of a departure, and it's against what I just said about Houston, but Memphis is actually playing good basketball. They are hosting Houston on Sunday, the 7th at 11 a.m. Central. Uh, Houston is obviously the quote-unquote best team here, but um, Memphis is fighting for their tournament lives. They really got to win a big game. This home game would be big. Getting 11 points at home. This defense is really good, too, for Memphis. Number one, according to Ken Palm, the only problem is they can't score. So can you get on board with me with the Memphis Tigers? Yeah, I think you're looking at the right side here. These two teams are stellar on the defensive end, and I would project the total to be incredibly low. Ken Palm showing 131, kind of surprising, actually. Um, Maybe looking at an under this game. But 
uh, lower scoring game. And if it really comes out at 11 points, then I think that you certainly would have some value on Memphis in the underdog role there. They can uh, play some good defense as well as Houston and would think it'll be lower scoring. Yeah, for sure. Okay. A couple more games on Sunday. We've got Baylor is playing Texas Tech, uh, this time at home. Uh, this is 3 o'clock at 3 o'clock Central on Sunday. Baylor hasn't been playing great. Uh, you know, they obviously beat West Virginia, and that's, you know, a tough game. They lost to Kansas. But I don't know about this Texas Tech team. They're not really playing as good as I usually expect them to play for Chris Beard's team. They haven't gelled like I thought. They've only covered three out of their last eight games from my my totals. So I would go Baylor here. I mean, minus nine is a big number. But uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I would lean to that side, too. I personally make this number nine exactly. So probably going to be a pass for me. But I, okay. I was impressed that the way Jared Butler played the other night against West Virginia, he's their go-to scorer, and they're certainly going to be reliant on him going into the postseason. And I'm not very certain that Texas Tech will be able to stop him, if at all. So in that case, I do think that Baylor is probably the lean. Okay. Uh, the last one I had on the list, you got another one. Maybe you put this one on here. I can't remember. Uh, Iowa's playing Wisconsin. This is at Iowa. Uh, this is, again, Sunday at an early, you got 12.37 a.m. Probably that's <laughs> um, Eastern time. Sorry, my bad. Uh, <laughs> that's a really random time, yeah. time right? 12.37 is the exact time. Mm-hmm. Set your alarm. <laughs> that's the tip-off. Um, so you obviously, you know, the Badgers have just not been getting it done. I'm assuming you're going Iowa here. Yeah, definitely. Um, this is a really bad matchup for Wisconsin against Iowa and Luca Garza is just going to destroy Reavers and Potter on the inside. And I I think Iowa has been playing extremely good ball as of late. They did lose Eric Nungy though, uh, one of their backup interior guys, which, Certainly not going to bode well for them going into the postseason long-term wise. But Wisconsin is a team that is going uh, downward, and I'll be looking to fade them again. Yeah, me too. I'd fade them both the Big Ten tournament and in the tur- the big tournament. The last one you list is, well, they're playing tonight, so we'll see what the results are. But Michigan State is playing Michigan. This is at East Lansing. So I guess tonight they're playing in, in Chrysler Correct. Arena or in, in uh, Ann yep. So you're doing a little zigzag thing here, uh, and and you're right. I think uh, Michigan State getting the nine points seems like a good side here, but you know it's, it's weird. This team obviously was on a roll, and they're still technically in in both. I think both Ken Palm and I'm not Ken Palm, Jerry Palm and Lenardi um, have them in the dance, which I'm a little surprised by that. But that would be a big win that they need. Yeah, I, they've rattled off a couple of big wins in a row, starting with mm-hmm. Indiana, if you could call that a big win. And uh, and recently did drop one at Maryland though, which I think was uh, was a setback yeah. for them. But uh, they they beat Indiana again at home the other night, and now they play these back to back games against Michigan. And I'm predicting that Michigan is going to come out victorious tonight. They're up six, five minutes left in the first half currently, and okay. I'm looking for Sparty to come back on Sunday, which is really going to be the game of their season to date Mm -hmm. against Michigan. If they can notch a victory in that one, they surely can cash their ticket to the big dance and I'll be betting. Yeah. Beating three, three top 10 teams or three top five teams is going to get them there. Mm -hmm. So especially in the last three weeks, two weeks, but we'll see how that shakes out. Um, 
I just wanted to talk about some other conference, you know, tournaments. You know, obviously we talked about the ones starting up over the next week, but a lot of them, the finals are, you know, going to be punching tickets over the next few days until we tape again next week. So I was just kind of, you know, eyeballing any of these that you like. You know, Ohio Valley's punching on Saturday. You've got Big South on Sunday, as well as the Atlantic Sun, which is, you know, your your guys should be in there, Bellarmine. Um, and then you've got the Missouri Valley on Sunday. That should be a great game. Drake Loyola, Sunbelt, and SoCon on Monday. The CAA and the NEC, which are really small conferences, on Tuesday, as well as the Horizon and the Summit and West Coast conferences, which we – that should be a good game, yeah. BYU and the Zags. Uh, I didn't put the American East, so I guess that's coming next week. So are any of these tournaments interesting to you? Yeah, I think that um, certainly Bellarmine, the Atlantic Sun final, I'll be looking to watch that one, although I did bet against Bellarmine tonight uh, with Stetson as an underdog. But uh, I I think Mm -hmm. another rematch of Drake and Loyola will certainly have my interest to see who can get the rubber match in that game. And uh, looking on down, I do like Texas State and the Sun Belt. And I think that um, there's another one that caught my eye. Cleveland State now in the Horizon League certainly looks like a surefire winner. They got a huge scare in round one or quarters against IPFW and somehow emerged Mm -hmm. victorious in triple overtime. And the number two seed, their only real competitor, Wright State, lost in the opening round. So uh, I think Cleveland State's going to be the victor there. How about you? Anything catch your eye? Well, I really want to see the BYU, you know, Gonzaga matchup. Um, that's obviously going to be Tuesday night. It's not official. They, they both have to win semifinal matchups, mm-hmm. but it's probably pretty likely that they're going to, they've been, you know, by to the semifinals. They just got to win one game to get to the title game. So I'm excited to see the Zags play somebody decent. And I know they've played BYU before, but, you know, this is a different stage. BYU's a, a good team. They're top 23 in Ken Palm. They play. Decent defense, top 50, but they're really good offensive team. So I'd expect the Zags to win, but the Zags, I mean, they haven't been covered. I mean, obviously, they, they you know, the, the you know, yeah. 18, 25-point yeah. favorites, right, in most games. So it's hard to cover all those numbers, but this should be a competitive game. And um, so I'm excited about that one. I want to see some of these other teams play. I want to see, you know, Texas State has gotten some shine because mm-hmm. they've been playing really well. Uh, you talked about Drake Loyola. I want to see Greensboro, UNC Greensboro play, and the SoCon. SoCon traditionally has very good teams for the tournament. Yep. Uh, you know, East Tennessee State comes to mind. You know, they've got other teams. Wofford has won games. And Wofford's actually, that could be a really good game if they get to the title game. UNC Greensboro against Wofford, those are two of the top teams in the SoCon. Um, and I always get excited about the first ticket, right? So I always watch the Ohio Valley because they're the first ones on Saturday. Belmont should run away with it, but... You never know. Yeah. Another team that's on here, and I forget the name of the conference, but Siena, a team, I, I think it's mm. a Northeast conference or something like yeah, that. It's the, it's the MAAC, yeah. so it's the MAC. There you go. <laughs> Metro, Metro Atlantic Athletic. Siena ends up winning that tournament. They're going to be a very tough foe for any of the big Power Five schools in the opening round. I'll be looking for that matchup as well. Nice. Okay, well, let's talk about the next couple of weeks so we're just on the same page and for our listeners. Mm-hmm. So, uh, first of all, next week, obviously the big conference tournaments, as we kind of laid out, will already be have kick, uh, tipped off. So we'll be talking about those tournaments. Uh, but we'll also maybe do a little kind of early, you know, tournament, big big dance preview as Selection Sunday is the 
you know, the Sunday after mm-hmm. that, the 14th, we have Cola, uh, our buddy, coming on next week to talk about, you know, his new new venture and also to give his insights for the NCAA tournament. So that's yep. awesome. And then the following week we'll be in Vegas, as we've discussed. Uh, so we'll start on the 17th through the 20th for Action and I. Uh, but we also have, and I want to make a correction, it's BP, not DP. And um, it's kind of confusing. I hear the Dan Patrick show in my head, but he actually has a twin. So his brother is DP. He's BP. It's Brandon. So uh, anyway, we've got our group for Vegas. But we'll be taping. We discussed that we'll tape on that Thursday sometime to give you a preview for the tournament, the big tournament, which will start on Friday when we're at the, at Circa. Yeah, we have yet to pick out a spot, but we're staying at the Mirage. Right. So mm-hmm. perhaps we could find some sort of oasis, nice flamingos in the background. Oh, wait, that's the wrong hotel. We'll find some sort of <laughs> animals or uh, cool background to do our live hits. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, maybe we'll just do some spots. I mean, you know, we're so active on social media, Action and I, so maybe we'll have some little – little instagram live live spots or something i don't know over there at, you know at the pool or something and i mean actually i mean i'm sorry prime has kind of promised or he, he hasn't really followed through and i know he listens to the podcast so this is really a shout out to him to, to do something <laughs> he talked about going to some other pool the mirage or someplace has some adults only pool and some fancy place i don't know cool and then i guess we haven't figured out what we're doing on saturday yet right for the sports book mm-hmm. uh idea but we're super excited for that trip, but generally speaking, in the next two weeks, we'll be covering all tournament all the time. And uh, as I wrote in the Wexpool article, it is a little shifted schedule. I don't know if you looked at it, Action. Not only are they shifting um, the first weekend, but the second weekend shifted. Yeah. So the games actually are the Sweet 16 are Saturday, Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Or is it Friday, Saturday? Yeah, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday, Tuesday for the Elite Eight games. So... It gets back to normal when it's the final four, but uh, first two weekends are a little bit off. Yeah, it's going to be definitely weird to have these games on different days than we're used to, but I'm sure it'll be just as mad. Absolutely. Well, it'll be cool, too, for that second weekend, because if we tape on Thursday again, mm-hmm. we'll actually be able to outline the, the matchups for Saturday and Sunday, which is nice. Usually it's kind of happening in real time, so it's hard to figure out who's going to play. Yeah, good point. Yeah. All right, well, that wraps up our episode. Uh, you know, thanks for following us at Side Action Pod on Twitter and on YouTube. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right, everybody, enjoy these conference tournaments and get ready for your brackets. It's coming. Yeah, good luck. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given 
The opinions and advice given on the Side Action Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. License under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.